0: All right, welcome to Filmcast. Welcome to Filmcraft. Fuck. <laughs> I think I did that in, a, in a, another episode as well. I was like, welcome to Filmcast. And you're like, no, film craft." I'm like, shit.
1: Is it a learning disability if you make something and still can't learn it?
0: I think it's a, it's because it's a podcast. I gotta go, Filmcast. But, yeah. But no. film craft. Yeah. Yeah,
1: so welcome back. Welcome uh, back. This is part two of post-production. Today, we left you on a bit of a cliffhanger last week. We're
0: going to talk about reshoots and ADR. Yeah. Yay! We finished... Uh, we're going through the cuts of a film. Yep. And then we were at the fine cut. Yep. And that's when we're, we needed uh, to do some reshoots for yep. the film. So.
1: so just as a tiny little recap, give them the seven or
0: six, six. cuts that we do of a movie. Yeah. Uh, we did six. There might be... A different amount for other people but when we did the film we started with a rough assembly and the rough assembly was just throwing the footage on the uh, timeline and kind of seeing what the film looked like uh, without any edits without like, any real structure and then the rough cut was like actually placing the scenes where they should be and making sure it, um, you know you didn't get the direct going action and stuff in the scenes or whatever Yeah, and then the fine cut is when you could, when you finesse everything a little more, the transitions were clear within scene to scene, and that's when we kind of knew we needed to do some reshoots.
1: Okay, and then just for the sake of the sake, without getting into detail, what are the three cuts we did after that?
0: And then after we did an editor's cut, which is the one I put together, then a director's cut, which is your version, and we made a final cut based on the ideas we both had. Hmm. Yeah, so
1: those are the six Okay, so when in your mind did you see that we needed
0: reshoots in the editing process? Once we got to the fine cut, there are points in the film uh, where little moments felt like they needed just to be placed or, mm. or added to um, link the scene more smoothly. And I think there are a couple moments where like some of the story logic just needed to be connected a little more. So. Okay, so like,
1: can you give an example? Yeah. Um, to the listeners of if they're watching their
0: movie in the edit and when they might want to consider a reshoot for sure it'll definitely come out in the edit like a point in the movie where you cut from one scene to another and it just doesn't feel right mm-hmm. You're like there needs to be something and it doesn't necessarily have to be we need to have someone riding in a car like not like that but like a an extra moment that that feels like it's a a nice piece in between. So, like, not to add moments of, like, someone walking mm-hmm. or anything. Unless it is, doesn't make sense in the story and you need that. Mm-hmm. But really it's about, like, how does this scene go to this scene in the most effective way. And sometimes it's a moment uh, that you can pick up in a reshoot with, like, an insert or something like that. Like, yeah. Little tiny things like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, because our, our reshoot wasn't, like, a big overhaul; It was just picking up little things.
1: Yeah, so for those listening... All we did with reshoots was there was one scene where we just moved it from one room to the other because they were talking about someone and in the final cut it looked too... Or in the fine cut, I guess I should say, it looked like they were too close to that person to be talking about them the way they were. So we just moved it into another room. Um, We also added a little finale for the Pender character because I I really liked the way he played through the movie. But he just kind of
0: disappeared I think. yeah
1: he like faded um which kind of was the initial intention but when we got to the edit we realized that that just wasn't the right call the character wanted to be a little bit more you wanted to feel a little bit of closure from him so we just added a you know a little cherry on top for him uh, at the end of the story we're just kind of spitballing ideas and latif will say something as a joke and i think you only mean it as like a huh oh, this would be funny yeah but i'm like wait a minute We put the right spin on that. That could actually work for this story. So, like, don't discount ideas just because they're silly. Like, some of them, sure. Like yeah, too silly. (laughs) Yeah. But if there's something that catches your ear and you're like, this might work for this, like, explore it a little bit. It doesn't work. Who cares? It does great. Um, Yeah, so we added that cherry on top for him at the end. And then there was one scene ten minutes in. Yeah. It's the first scene where you get introduced to the bulk of your main characters. And they're playing this drinking game. A uh, monk goes on a monologue. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had written it to be intentionally quite long. Because one thing I remember about parties that I didn't see done right in party movies mm-hmm. was usually in party movies, you get someone, like you're through the eyes of your main character, you show up and there's this raging party and then it's like, oh shit and crazy shenanigans, right? And I always remembered like I'd be really close friends with the people I went to parties with so I'd be one of the first people to show up so for the majority or not the majority but for a strong portion of the night it would just be me and you know a couple buddies and people would slowly filter in and I wanted to do that with party stories so with this scene in the beginning I intentionally wrote it quite long and then when we watched it in the cut we're like holy shit this is long (laughs) I don't want to look at the scene for that long and it's not that there was the scene didn't work in the things it was saying or the things it was trying to accomplish. It was just, my eyes are tired of watching this scene. And it's, when you're in your first act, you're still setting up your characters. Yeah. So you don't want to, you know, unless you're a genius and you can pull this off some way, you don't want to have a huge, overly long scene. Like, that was the longest scene in the movie, yeah. for sure. Well, it was like 12 minutes? Yeah, right? something like that. And then, so we were watching it in the edit and it's like this is too long we're gonna lose people here i'm kind of losing me here (laughs) and that's a bad sign so there was one point where it being a party one of the characters says i'm gonna go get beers who wants one i put that in there because it was just a, a natural human moment right and then i was like there's our opportunity to cut away from this room we followed him into another room he had a little interaction and then we went back into the scene, and just breaking it up in that manner helps so much because it kind of like give you a
0: second to refresh and jump back into it. Yeah, like f- for that scene, uh, in the it actually it's very seamless because of the way uh, it was written. I think because mm-hmm. naturally in the script and even in the in the film, that point felt like a natural cutting point. Yeah, because that had the that scene kind of. The middle of it, they come together for a toast. Yeah, and then uh, the toast is finished, and that's a natural point. to Like, oh, the scene's done. Yeah, but then the scene goes on, and that's when we felt like, oh, we can add something here. Yeah. So when one one character is like, I need to get a beer, and he walks into the kitchen. We use that moment to follow him. Follow him, mm-hmm. and then he comes back, and we go back into the scene with all the guys. But the thing that we thought we could add was the moment where he checks his phone and he yep. gets like a text.
1: Yeah, and it, it, so the way basically he walks into the the other room he gets a text from one of the female characters that you're going to meet in like I don't know five minutes or whatever and the way you met them in the initial cut was they just came to the door and you know here are the characters yeah Yeah. and it was fine there was nothing wrong with it but the little tease of following him into the other room and seeing that you know, he looks at his phone we get a reaction of him we can see he, he kind of likes what he's seeing on the phone that means he has a bit of a good relationship with whoever he's texting you see a female name and then when she comes in the room with her friends you see oh that's, that's her girl, yeah. and it's a nice little tease so it worked on a lot of levels yeah. and one thing you'll learn reshooting is um, you've really got to look for those moments uh, like writing around something that's already filmed it's a really cool thing and like I yeah. wouldn't even recommend it to you know Go film a short with the intention of you're going to reshoot one or two scenes to try and write into it. It's a cool little exercise that I think will take you pretty far. Um, One other point that I want to touch on real quick with that, too, is uh, making your first movie. One of the huge, really big things I took away from it was feeling when a scene is telling you it's done and we had it a couple times in this movie right there when we talked about how when you toast or sorry in the scene when they toast that yeah. felt like a natural cutting point yeah it really did so now like right up to the next feature we're doing when a scene feels like it's telling me hey man like i'm i'm just about done here i know you have more things to say you can trust that yeah. but as this scene i think you're better to cut it here you really learn that instinct, and it's yeah. something that I, I'll never forget. It happened there with um, the toasting scene, and then there's this scene where they're in their shed, yeah. And it was I don't know, call it six minutes long. It was a, a bit longer of a scene. Yeah. Uh, we ended up trimming it by a minute and a half, and it was something I was quite torn on in the edit too because it's not the last minute and a half did work. There was nothing wrong with it. It just a character said a line in an exact way where it felt like the perfect way to end a scene. scene, And we ended up going with it and I think we made the right call
0: on that one. Yeah. Because it it felt natural. Like Mm -hmm. at that point it's like it feels like the scene's over and everyone has exhausted what they wanted to say. Yeah. And they can just kind of exist in that moment. Mm -hmm. And we're like yeah that's kind of all we need. Yeah. So we just cut it there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So in terms of other reshoots. Was there anything else we did?
0: Yeah, we did the scene. We did a reshoot of the scene where the girl is in the front. Um, the girl is in the front. Ashley. And she's like, she like checks a beer, and she like slams it because she's like mad about her uh, mm-hmm. boyfriend. Oh, that wasn't reshoot, so. That wasn't reshoot. No, that was the end of production. Oh, that was like that a, was the last. That day. was like an extra. Right, right. Okay, it felt yeah. like a reshoot. Yeah, Ashley, so.
1: Ashley wasn't there for reshoots. Because yeah, we
0: returned all the gear by then, but uh, we were still shooting one more day, which was like... And, uh, no, we still had the, the gear. No, we didn't, because I had to use my own lights. Oh, did you? Yeah, we didn't have any fluorescent light. Oh, okay. really Yeah. Um, but we still managed to make it look like the same movie. Yeah. And that's something that's really fun with reshoots, too. Like,
1: if you're on... A budget like this which is nothing yeah uh, if you even manage to scrape together a little bit of gear you know use that for the production fantastic but when you go back for reshoots oh, you're not going to have that same gear mm-hmm. so if you can make it seem seamless like you had that same amount of gear it's, uh, yeah. it's a good exercise and I'm proud of what we did because uh, yeah, I don't you think you tell. can look in the movie and you, up.
0: Up. Yeah. you can only tell what's been reshot yeah yeah
1: So one thing I do want to touch on for reshoots is it does um, add a layer of production difficulty, let's call it, because we did reshoots six months, five, six months after we had filmed. We did reshoots five, six months after we had filmed and people age. They grow up, they do various things.
0: Even in that short time.
1: Yeah, so I got married in May and we were gonna do the reshoots the week after I got back. So it was like land in plane, shoot for a day. And then when I was in Mexico, I think it was the day after I got married, I got an email from Derek who plays Jason. He's like, hey man, so uh, I was doing my beer league baseball and I decided to catch a baseball with my face. And I broke my nose and I have two black eyes.
0: Yeah, he did not look uh, like the regular Derek from the film. Yeah,
1: so that's something you might have to work around. We ended up postponing three or four
0: weeks. Yeah, to get him back to normal. Yeah,
1: and if you watch, like you really got to watch the movie, but there's one scene where they're in the kitchen and we have Derek faced a certain way. For half of a second, he turns towards the camera and you can see he still has a bit of a black eye
0: his nose is a bit, like, bent.
1: Yeah, but having said that, like, you would only ever know if you listened to this or we told you, and then you, like, searched for it. Yeah. And that's something you might have to deal with in reshoots. Like, I remember I wrote that scene, the one I'm talking about right now, where his face is all fucked up. And I'd written it in a different way, where when we blocked it, it's like, uh, guys, Derek's face looks all black and shit. Yeah, so I have to adjust... Yeah, so it's like, all right, let's uh, rewrite this a little bit. Let's block him a different way. And it's the same as production, really. You're going to run into hiccups, yeah. but you just got to do so it. Even little
0: things like his facial hair was a little different. His hair got a little longer. We mm-hmm. needed to keep some of it for, like, a, another thing he was doing or something. Yeah. yeah. But hair and makeup helped out on that huge, yeah. and you couldn't really tell.
1: No, you can't tell. So, yeah, you're, you're going to run into things here and there. And get. I found it very, very helpful to have the same crew back. that we did production with the exact same makeup artist she still had all her reference pictures and everything she needed the same kit she used she's the same person Christina you did a great job if you're listening yeah and then we had the same sound guys obviously Latif and I were there and yeah try it like your goal with reshoots is to make it as seamless as possible Mm -hmm. when you're watching the final movie
0: and add value and add value yeah Yeah, don't just shoot shit no well that's that's (laughs) what happens all the time People will go back to shoot, like, man walking to explain that he didn't just teleport to the next scene. He mm-hmm. walked there. It's like, who cares? But you already put that together yourself? Yeah, like, mm-hmm. um, I think for some things reshoots are necessary. And not, I'm not saying that you never should do that as a reshoot, because sometimes you really need something like that. Yeah. But, you know, I think reshoots are really to try something interesting and add a scene that you you think might really uh, change the story or add mm-hmm. something Different. Instead of doing something very generic, yeah, a lot of times reshoots will be like an expositional scene that will just tell you something. Like the scenes, like man walks into the office and talks about his troubled childhood to explain why he's a psychopath. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't need to explain that. Like just. Like a lot of times things will be like that. Yeah, definitely. I don't know if that's the best example, but
1: <laughs> Well, I mean you hear about that all the time in yeah. uh in comic book movies too, like those big two hundred and fifty million dollar movies. They'll watch the initial cut and the studio will say, like, hey, you know, we're putting a quarter of a billion dollars into this and I don't understand why this character shot that character. Yeah. And it, Then the director will be like, well, you know, this line of dialogue earlier where he says... Hinted to it. Yeah, I hinted to it because he beat me up when I was a kid. Right. They'd be like, oh, well, you know, it's really easy for an audience to miss that. What if someone was, you know, taking a leak at that point? Maybe we should have a scene where he just really goes into it. Yeah. Sure, sometimes that works. Like, sometimes it does. Barely. But I think, (laughs) like we talked about earlier, uh, when you're at this level, you don't... With this little amount of money, you don't have... A ton of advantages right but what you do have advantage over is complete creative control yeah so if it works for you you don't have a studio head saying I think we need to make this a bit more noticeable yeah use that to your advantage exactly. and don't like even right through writing through the entire thing whether it's writing the feature or the reshoots like Platif said don't do the generic expecting thing it's, it's gonna
0: water down your movie and it's not yeah. gonna do anything for you right yeah, cause when I when I made my short film, Sid and Billy*, which you can watch online if you want, uh, I did a reshoot for that based on like a, uh, notes from a friend, mm-hmm. and the notes he gave me were great. I thought like those are exactly the things I need. Yeah, the reshoots were not for um, ex- explanation or just to like mm-hmm. add filler. It was really more emotional. Yeah, like there's a scene where who go to like a shot of the kid's face because mm-hmm. like you know I want to see his face because he's going through like something tough or whatever yeah a reaction I right totally get that so mm-hmm. like if you reshoot something because you're missing like an emotional piece or like a close-up of a face where you feel like it mm-hmm. needs one like that I totally think is what you should be doing for reshoots yeah yeah, and uh even just adding little com- comedic moments that don't quite work you know like if there's a moment that uh you wrote it read funny Mm-hmm. and even when you shot it it felt funny but in the edit it's just not funny yeah there's ways to like rework the joke or 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 try to think of another way to do it that you can experiment and reshoot and see if it uh, lands the same way yeah and we did that with the scene where he was holding up the cell phone right yeah yeah yeah
1: definitely oh yeah I forgot
0: about that yeah cause like that was completely uh, actually that was another moment where I'm like you know it would be hilarious and we talk, talked about it and you're like what if it was the uh, anthem, And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. that's great. And we actually put it in the film. Yep. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, there's a point where the character of Monk is giving his two monologues in the movie. And this is, let's call it the least politically correct one. <laughs> but the secret to the character of Monk is he's not trying to hurt anyone with the things he's saying. And he's really intelligent. In kind of like a Russell Brand kind of way. And what he was saying in this scene, the things he was saying, I was like, man, for some reason, I think it might be too comedic, but everything he's saying is so, like, American and patriotic. Let's try putting the American national anthem in there. While he's talking. (laughs) And we did, and it just kind of worked. And then we reshot around it to, all we added was, like, a little pickup. It was someone putting on the anthem in yeah. the background. So we kind of had it coming from somewhere based in the story, not just a,
0: a song we played. Music cue, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So little things like that, I think, can help you out quite a bit, too.
0: Yeah, and the way we did that is, while Monk is giving a speech, one of his buddies pulls out a cell phone mm-hmm. and starts playing the national anthem. Yeah. But it starts as from his phone, and we go into uh, it being actual score. Mm-hmm. So from uh, diegetic to non-diegetic sound, I think. Yep. Then you hear it like really playing and he's giving the speech and it becomes this hilarious moment. Yeah. And that was just something we freestyled while we are uh, discussing it in the edit. So. Uh,
1: okay, so in terms of reshoots, uh, that was pretty much
0: it, eh? Yeah, the only other thing that we did reshoot, which I think is another valid reason to reshoot, is for like a technical reason. Mm. Like a, Oh yeah, there's something... Yeah, like like a technical... Thing in the film that like you really can't get around that you need to reshoot. Like say if it was a visual effect, like that's a good reason to do a reshoot. Um, but for us, it was the scene, the uh, the fight scene, mm-hmm. where we need to pick do a couple pickups of like a, a car thing. Yeah. And uh, we did that because there's a scene in the film where there's a car involved, mm-hmm. and it's not a stunt, but a bit of like a uh, something with the car moving that we needed to shoot. we We yeah. not really do so we did some pickups of like the car tire spinning and mm-hmm. stuff like that and we put that into the edit and actually worked out
1: yeah this is a good opportunity to talk about inserts too a lot of the times in reshoots you'll hear people just be like i went out for four days and just shot inserts yeah i'm kind of not against that if you're going for the right thing a really famous case of that is nightcrawler mm-hmm. uh you watch that movie jake gyllenhaal fucking awesome movie there is inserts everywhere and inserts are a really good and really cheap way to add a lot of production value to your to your movie like you having said that don't make it just insert movie then people think you don't know what you're doing that'd be kind of interesting though.
0: it could be a just inserts movie i'm gonna make one all
1: right do it (laughs) um yeah adding inserts can add a lot of production value um So, in this circumstance, it was a fight outside, and then someone got in a car and drove away, and, you know, it worked great on the wide, except for when they got into the car, it was like, we need a little more, so I think we got an insert of him, key goes into ignition, and then we got an insert of the car tire moving backwards and forwards and slamming on the brakes, yeah. and kind of burning out a little or something. Yes. Uh, so when you th- just think about it in your mind, you're on this wide shot for a fight scene, you cut to an insert and there's like, you know, a car rolling and screeching and whatnot, like it adds a lot of momentum to your mm-hmm. fight scene, which is exactly what you want in that circumstance. Right. So yeah, inserts, great way to add production value.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those. That's, I think, uh, another valid reason to do every shoot. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so... The other thing we're going to talk about in this episode is ADR. Um, I think we did it a little bit after the reshoots in like the fourth or fifth cut or something.
0: We, when we got to ADR, like we're pretty much picture locked. Hmm. But we needed to add uh, some audio yeah. that was either missing or just not uh, audible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. There's a little voiceover as well for the ending, remember? The cell phone.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So basically for ADR, what are the reasons you would need to do this? And for those of you that don't know what ADR is, ADR is where the audio you have isn't good enough for one reason or another to be in the final film. So what you do is you go into a workspace where you have your movie playing on whatever type of screen. You have a microphone in front of your actor and they read the line in sync with the facial movements of them on the screen if you're doing like a line delivery if it's like just voiceover then you just just do it however you want right but if you're doing adr to match facial movements you get them in front of a screen Mm -hmm. get the actor they're looking at themselves say the line and then they just kind of have a bunch of takes at it until what they say yeah is good enough to meet the director's vision and syncs up with the face right and tonally like feels like the right
0: performance yeah, yeah
1: right intent so we really didn't have that much adr on this we had the guy that plays monk he is from mexico and he tamed down his accent a little bit for the movie oh, those,
0: yeah i just you know, i totally forgot about those oh did you yeah but those are great little adr moments cause they, they are. fit really well
1: yeah and there's a scene where he says mangy But he kept saying it, Manji? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so we're like, all right, you got to come in and just say this word. So he just said mangy for like two weeks. Oh, yeah. And then practiced it and came in. There was... He said it once in the whole, once or twice in the whole movie. Yeah. So just got that, snipped it in, and then adjusted the levels a little bit just to yeah. make sure that was going to flow naturally and seem like he had said it on the day. Mm-hmm. You'd never be able to tell he didn't. The ADR worked really, really well there. Yeah. And then we had the actress Althea recording a little bit. I'll say it's more voiceover than ADR because yeah. she's off-screen when it happens. Yeah. It's she's on the phone around the corner from. One of the main characters. And for that, we knew what was going on in that phone call and kind of the emotional arc of it, where mm-hmm. it started, you know, things go wrong in the middle and where it ends. So we just came in and I said, just ad lib it. So I told her, like, imagine you're fighting with your boyfriend about this. Mm-hmm. And she'd say a bunch of stuff and say, go. Oh, okay, that's great. Uh, now imagine it's this. And then we just went over it, went over it, got the emotion and... Like you said, the intent of it. And I think those were the only two ADR moments we
0: had, right? The rest of the uh, sound was good. Well, like, technically, the only ADR was the scene with Monk. Yeah. And then the, with uh, Althea, that was voiceover. Yeah. And then we did a bit of voiceover for when Roy is walking to the house in the beginning where he's, like, groaning and stuff. Because we went to the that uh, studio in downtown again to record Roy, like, groaning.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: yeah that was funny <laughs> that was funny because it was pretty <laughs> difficult
1: what were we having him do there?
0: Um, so basically in the beginning of the movie you, know, you say it at the end as well yeah he's walking to the shed oh he's all hungover he's hungover he's all like groggy yeah and then we wanted to get sounds of him like like uh, you know when you wake up and you're like oh, like those like shitty like you I feel, feel terrible. Like yeah. yeah
1: yeah and I remember when we filmed that scene we it's a follow scene we just follow him through the entire house so we couldn't have a boom following us right? yeah yeah, so we. That was funny. We just put him in a booth and I was like, Roy, pretend like you had the flu for two weeks and you're trying
0: to move. And moan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we, we did it a bunch of times and Roy was just going, Ugh. But then some of them sound like sex sounds. Yeah. So we had to like coach him into it and, and do like five, six different takes. Yeah. But then we pieced it together finally. Yeah.
1: I actually found that um, directing ADR <coughs> is. I think harder than directing a performance because they like, they can use their body, but only to the extent of they have to stay like six inches away from this microphone. They can't move around. They have no, no boom up following them. So they don't have the same amount of physical freedom. Yeah. And with that physical freedom, being
0: an actor, that's kind of what gets you into it. (laughs) You know what I mean? And you know, that's the thing too, because a lot of the times you'll hear non-industry people or whatever, like acting, Ah, they're overpaid it's so easy but nope. it's really a it's really a fine skill mm-hmm. like yeah like really good actors know how to do adr really well too so, because you have to recreate a, a moment and you know bring it back to life just through sound so they have to kind of uh tonally be in the right place so i think adr is it's difficult mm-hmm. and it's very annoying sometimes but the process becomes easier when a director knows how to talk to an actor and the actor knows how to bring that performance back from like a scene.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so those are really the two biggest things that you'll need to redo in post or really, I guess the only things you'll
0: need to redo in yeah, post. Yeah, that's all you'll need to like go back and re-shoot and re- something re-record. Really, really wrong. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's chances, like, well, this happens actually uh, oh man, uh, when I was in film school. Mm-hmm. One of the final projects I was the editor on Uh, The last scene in the film, one character's mic Mm -hmm. is completely uh, off, like there's no audio from it. Okay. And it's a big scene in the movie, and you only have a few um, audio from a few uh, mics, Mm -hmm. so some of her lines aren't aren't even there. So we had to do ADR for that whole final scene and recreate all of it. which was kind of that's a lot of work it was a lot of work it it turned out uh, okay but even I could kind of hear like oh it's a little little off yeah but not bad but uh, ADR I think is very uh, it's it's hard it's tough to do so it's like that's why I recommend on set like be like get all the sound you can yeah be there and be present when it comes to audio yeah
1: yeah alright awesome so yeah we'll wrap this episode up I think we're gonna do one more on post production yeah so we'll see you next week. Yeah. It'll be 35 seconds for us because
0: we're just going to hit stop and then record and do the yeah. next one. I mean, this this episode wouldn't be possible without ADR because I'm not even here right now. <laughs> Could you imagine? Like, I just say shit and then you
1: go back and say other
0: shit and like mix no, like, it together. Yeah. The, like, if you guys are listening, you have no idea how amazing this is <laughs> and how good I am at editing podcasts. Because right now, it's just Matt and he's just, he's laughing at <laughs> He's literally laughing at nothing, and I'm thinking of something clever to say as I'm listening to him laugh, and putting it in place. That's actually what's happening. I'm actually thinking how big of an idiot I am, because if I heard this, I'd be like,
1: are they messing with
0: me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, all right, so this podcast is brought to you by PIPPA. Yeah,
1: P-I-P-P-A dot I-O. Yeah. Podcast hosting service. They sponsor us. They're awesome. They have very low fees. I think it's like $9, 12 bucks a month, something like that. Cheap. Uh, you can host unlimited episodes on there.
0: They make transcripts.
1: Yeah, they make transcripts. They have a great app called Sniper, which will go in, target your transcripts, and make a five to twenty second video of something you said, like a little GIF, which is pretty friggin' sweet. That's awesome. Man. Yeah. And it's pippa.io. Yes. And until next week, this is film. Club. Thanks.